This is Comictating, the comic book review arm of the Nerdables family of podcasts. Let the nerds take over! Us? Huh? What's up, nerds? Welcome to another issue of Comictating. As always, I'm joined by my partner, Sebastian, to talk about new books this week. Um... I don't need to just, just jump right into it, I guess. <laughs> the banter is a little different today. Yes. Uh, as, uh, I don't think we're alone in this. No. There's a, there's a <laughs> it's lot been of, a very odd day. We'll put it that way. There's been a lot of there's a lot it's of. It's Wednesday, November 9th. We'll put it that way. November 10th, 9th, 9th, 9th. Uh, it's so, tears. There's tears. Many tears. Many cheers. There's a lot of scratching of the heads. Confusion. Yeah. Political analysts that. and pundits on TV uh, genuinely. It was fascinating. Sh- it was. Shocked. It was in, in terms of. It was just fascinating to watch last night to see people who were so sure of themselves for so long and in a way just kind of going, uh, looking back at the board and look, um, yeah, I don't. That yeah, I'm not hold on you know like the cubs breaking a 108 year streak and yeah. then going what, what i'm happened? waiting for the first person to blame the blame the cubs too like you you started this the apocalypse starts when the cubs win the world series thanks a lot should have killed another goat come on oh or my kicked God. out a goat or whatever or let the goat go get out of here goats it's all your fault so, ah, see they are a symbol of satan so yeah that's true yeah, so this is, we have the uh, mm. thank you cubs i i'll be, be the first satan it's the Cubs. It's the Cubs. You did this. Cubs. Yep. You had your should've year. Let, should've let. See, when Cleveland wins, things were still fine. Cleveland Cavaliers won. Did it made it a, a historic comeback to do so, and everything was okay. If you would have let the Indians win, yeah, yeah, if, yeah. If you had the Cleveland Indians win the World Series, everything would have been fine. They were going to give you last year, Cubs, but you didn't want yep. it. Yeah, you were supposed to win it last year, but you uh, you wanted According this. To back to the future. So somebody went back in time with the almanac. Who did it? Uh, show yourselves. I promise we won't be angry. We just want you to destroy the almanac and uh, set the timeline straight again. That would that would be, yeah. So anyway, uh, but as always, one of the things that don't change. Wednesday is still New Comic Book Day. There's a lot of big books that are out this week. We've got some number ones from Marvel. We've got a number one from IDW and DC together. Uh, a new release from Young Animal, and we've got an image book called Violent Love. From the creator of, uh, oh my goodness, I just forgot. Uh, five Ghosts. Is it Five Ghosts? I think it was Five Ghosts. Five Ghosts. Yeah, uh, there we go. Gorgeous book. If you yeah. are a fan of the Darwin Cook style of art, that book is definitely for We're going to save that book for last. Uh, yes. We're going to start with arguably the biggest book this week, Invincible Iron Man number one. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis, Stefano Caselli. Caselli. I think it's Caselli. Uh, Bendis has been writing Iron Man since the start of whatever this latest incarnation of Marvel now is uh after secret wars and a few months ago introduced riri williams a young african-american woman who is taken over the mantle of uh iron man these events take place after civil war ii and um we don't know the end of civil war ii yet because it's not out but uh spoilers spoiler ish uh we know from a couple of the books that that have been released so far uh, Tony's not in a good way uh, afterwards. Tony Stark is is MIA at the very least, if not KIA, uh, that we don't know yet. So we've known for a while now that Riri's going to take over this kind of mantle. 
She is uh, a super genius. I've not, I never read the the Iron Man where she's been introduced, um, but they do a good job of introducing, reintroducing her, I guess, in a way here. Uh, her parents find out, you know, when she's very young, which I think she's five at the beginning here, that she is uh, off the charts in terms of of uh, genius scale. And then so we kind of go back and forth with her in the current time where she's built a suit of armor for herself and going back and kind of seeing her development as she um, uh, as she kind of grows into her her skills. It is a it's a I found it to be a good book. Uh, I'm usually not disappointed in a Bendis book. Very often the dialogue is good. The, the characters are good. I mean, he's writing He's writing two young African-American kids. He's writing a younger African-American family. It has part of the, um, there's definitely a, a, a piece of, you know, the kind of, he kind of works in the violence that affects that that community haphazardly in, in, in a terrible way. Um, but also there's a superhero element. And she's facing a, a girl who has monsters. Right. It's the, um, the hero's journey is very, very front and center yeah. at the very beginning of this book. So she's got a lot to learn. And I like that Ben, this has sort of put her on that path. Yeah, uh, there's a quick like recap page that kind of tells you that she's met Tony. She's been sort of his protege, and he's gone. Right. Um, I wish Tony Stark was here, but he's not. He's not done yet, and I have no idea if I'm ready to do this. And she's got uh, what I'm assuming is a piece of armor that she bought her uh, built herself. Um, but yeah, I, I again, it's it's it's. I think it's a nice progression and a nice another piece. Um, Marvel's taken some criticism for taking some of their classic heroes and moving them out. You know, we have Jane Foster as Thor. Um, uh, Sam Wilson was capped for a while. Steve Rogers is back now, but is it the Steve that we know? Um, but in a, I think it's a natural kind of, you want to take those steps forward. You want these types of new characters. The cynical part of people saying we build these characters because we know that the actors that are on the screen aren't going to be there forever and we want to set a precedent, but you know, if you're doing something that's good, that's got uh, some merit to it as as a piece of fiction, as a piece of art, as a piece of story, then I don't think that's a bad thing. And and here, I mean, if this is if this is some sort of agendizing, pandering BS that people are talking about, and I don't think it is, even if it was, I, you know, I think it serves a good purpose. And it's solidly written. You can't complain about that. I think story is key. Uh uh, and is definitely at the forefront of this book. There is no uh, Bendis because uh, a lot of people uh, always worry about that, and I do feel like some of those concerns are legitimate because they're characters that have a legacy. And uh, when you look at something like Invincible Iron Man with Riri Williams, Bendis is trying to tell a good story, and I think that's what's very, very important. And that uh, it, the idea of a mantle being passed on is yeah. also important. They're not erasing Tony Stark. Or... DC did a good job with it for so long. Yes. And was, in a way, I was almost disappointed when they went back, when Ollie and Barry and Hal came back and kind of pushed those other characters to the side. Sure. Uh, Wally and um, uh, Connor and... Uh, oh, my goodness. Wally, Connor... Kyle. Good Lord. Uh, Kyle Rayner. Because um, that's where I joined. When I got into DC, I was reading JLA's... Uh, or Grant Morrison's JLA run. So those were the kind of characters that I got into for Green Lantern and Green Arrow, and um, and Flash, I was actually into the legacy, the younger characters. So when the others came back, I'm like, oh, I mean, it's still good. So, But yeah, I mean, it's, you've, you've got multiple Spider-Mans running around. You have two uh, Captain Americas right now. So yep, it's, yep. they've established this idea that the name can be carried by different heroes at the same time. As of right now, we only have one Iron Man or Iron Woman. 
um, Iron Heart, I guess, is is her will be her official name as this uh, Iron Man hero, this armored hero. So Bendis always does a solid book. Um, never anything uh, terrible in in any ways. I mean, I've been following for a long time, and I read Sam and Twitch, God knows how many years ago. Jinx, Domino, uh, Goldfish, his early pieces, and he still he still got it. Someone who can who can write a good book, a good. Solid and he said book. it's telling a fun story. Yeah, I think I think a lot of uh, the attitude of her comes through in the book. They again they do a really good job establishing the hero's journey, the circumstances of her deciding to take on the mantle of Iron Man is definitely in this book, sort of the impetus of it through the flashbacks and the bouncing around. So um, impetus, Ooh, big you. words, big words from Sebastian. You're still looking at my house. What's wrong with you? Let me get past that page. Um, our friend Shauna is studying. What are you studying? Greek art history, art history? and yeah. she's got this great. What what is it? It's um, it's the palace at Knossos. Yeah, the palace, the palace at Knossos, which exact looks exactly like my home. Yes, yes, yes I've my, seen it. This yes. is true. Built it on a mountaintop here in Southern California. Lots of rooms dedicated to geekdom and sports and just fun times there's a baseball room there's a hockey room uh speaking of fun comics avengers 1.1 mark wade and barry kitson wade and kitson did a book called the uh, jla year one a number of years ago which told the untold story of the justice league forming uh wonder woman merchant manhunter uh one of the what are the characters i'm missing sebastian green lantern was green lantern Stamper Carr was Stamper. a huge focus on it. He's not yeah. a superhero, but he's a, a always was a huge supporting character in Justice League. Uh, Flash was Flash, another character. Yeah, okay, um, I should know that because I actually really like that book. I haven't read it in a long time, but it's a it's a very fairly well known and critically acclaimed book. They are back together to do Avengers one point one, which takes in a way that same sort of premise. We have a story in which the the Avengers that you know and love, uh, we've got Iron Man and Wasp. Giant Thor, man. Giant Man, uh, take on the super six evil people of you know one of these different. What was this? Uh, they call themselves something, don't they? I don't remember what it was. Uh, but you know they're facing the Enchantress, Black Knight, Executioner, Mysterious Melter. Are able to defeat them fairly easily and then leave. <laughs> yeah, and it's a great page. In which they're handing Cap the keys to the mansion and say, we need to kind of take care of ourselves. We're not a great team together. Thor needs to go do whatever he needs to do. And we just need some time off. And, you know, Steve just responds, I've gone for a week and you decide to disband the Avengers. Of course, they leave him with a new team, which is Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch and Hawkeye. Uh, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, members of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. When you name yourself that, you're kind of asking for trouble. Hawkeye, also a former criminal, uh, Carney sideshow guy. So it's them kind of forming into that team. Yes, this takes place sort of in the literally like one point one for yeah, all the, for all intents and purposes. The there was a new team very the quickly. Pages yeah. of that appearance of the second Avengers team. Yeah, and so we have the introduction of the team. We have the misgivings of the people around them, and the then they're attacked by the frightful four. Show up. and and we kind of go through there. I I always love Barry Kitson. I love his art. Um, it's a it's a again it's a not in a bad way, but a sort of a minimalist style. It's very clean, very light lines, very thin lines. The action in it is pretty good. Um, the faces look good. You know, uh, Executioner getting knocked over by Thor is done really well. Um, 
I and, and again, what, I, I'm enjoying Wade's Avengers. I mean, I think his his Avengers books have been really good. He excels at this kind of story. He's a, a self assured comics historian. He used to play stump Mark Wade yeah, at, stump at Mark shows. Wade. Um, yeah, you just pick like an issue and go. Who is on page three of Avengers one sixty three? He's like Scarlet Witch and this person. I mean, it's insane that the near encyclopedic knowledge between him and Kirk Busiek, yeah, who also wrote great Avengers stories. I kind of wish was still around. Um, I wonder what he's doing. I haven't seen him do anything. You know, oh, he true. did. He did. Was he doing um, Autumnlands? He might have been doing Autumnlands. Uh, and Wars. he also was doing some of the. Uh, oh, and Astro City is still City. going. So Astro City is still going. I forgot. So, about that. so he's still doing Astro City, but something like front facing like Avengers. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, Astro City, another great book. If you yes, if you especially want to the early something. stuff. Man, that the the second one with the Confessor. Yeah. That was a great twist. That's a fantastic... Uh, I tore through that. That was so good. That's a fantastic series. Please check out, especially if you're looking to pick up something unique. Yeah, you want something different. You want uh, people check looking out for the superheroes. Original, the, the original Astro City. Life in the Big City. Yeah. Oh, really good. Yeah, so I'm sure good. all that stuff is still available. So, um, again, it's, it's, it's a solid book. It's a good book. It's a lot of fun. If you're looking for almost like a different Avengers book because it's not taking place in this current climate of the marvel now this idea of you know that the fracture of civil war we see you know we, we talked about champions with right, members right. Of, of, of that avengers team going and becoming the champions team the new avengers with hercules and and the new wasp uh and uh peter parker as spider-man that we covered a couple weeks ago so this is a chance if you're looking for an avengers book that maybe you don't want bogged down and whatever happens at the end of civil war or what's happening during civil war this is the book you may want to may want to look into I dug it. I dug it a lot, especially if you're looking for something with classic sensibilities. Mark Wade definitely knows what he's doing when it comes to the retro versions of superheroes. And this Avengers book, definitely a fun book. I especially love the moment the fan, uh, the Frightful Four, they're sitting around. Ha! You know, you, you just sort of have that one panel, ha, and it's, uh, it's I think it's uh, the Wizard or Taskmaster. Yeah. He's watching the television set. And he's the like, wizard, look, at, yeah. look, look at them. Look at This is the new Avengers. Let's go take them out. And he's like, yeah. but they haven't done anything to hurt us. We got a preemptive strike on them. Come on. Let's go. Yeah, let's just go for it. Into the Gravisphere. Yeah, to the Gravisphere. You have three minutes. We're going to go We're gonna go take out the new Avengers. Just like, all right. So in the issue of, uh, or in the continuing the issue of fun, we have the Batman Adventures meets Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventures. This is the yeah. cartoon uh, matchup of these two brands characters whatever you want to call them they did a series uh last year i guess earlier this year or last year late last year uh freddie williams they're doing the art oh, it's so, so gorgeous good. done in a modern sensibility of the current team of turtles the current batman uh the turtles are stuck in gotham uh in this original series and, and the shredders there and it's to find out their way to to get out this is taking the batman from the animated series and the Turtles from the current Nickelodeon series. So it's got a little bit of a lighter bent to it, but by no means does it make it any worse. Um, having watched Turtles, the Nickelodeon Turtles cartoon is awesome. It is so good. The last season in space, so fantastically well done. You really hear the characters' voices through it. you know, yes. you, And not just because, oh, I've been watching it, but the way that the lines are delivered, the type of language that they're using the type of cadence that they're using, the beats that you can feel just in the way you're reading the words really fits into the type of voices that you're hearing in your head as you're hearing Mikey's voice, Raph's voice, Donatello, Leonardo. Um, and then you also have our Batman, our, our 
animated Batman and Kevin Alfred. Batman. My God, you can hear the, the Alfred the, from the from the TV series is totally in this book. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's so well done. Um, oh yeah, no, I was the, you just turned to the page with the classic Bat villain Matt Hagen, the Clayface, yes, voiced by Ron Perlman on the original Batman the animated series. He came through perfectly. Two Face comes through perfectly. They this is a labor of love. Yes. To get these characters right. This was something I was really excited for because I loved that first crossover. And yeah, it was a when they announced this six, a six, six issue. issues. And this book. It's in a gorgeous hardcover. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it out there, it's one of the ones that are recommended. Uh, when I saw this solicited almost right at the end of, of the first Batman TMNT book being ending, this was solicited in previews. And I just remember hitting and going, This is the book. I can't wait for this book. I can't wait to read this. And I was not disappointed at all. It's a lot of fun. It's an, you know, it's not an internal, it's an easy read, but it's one that you have no problem reading this over and over again. But anything, he really gets Mikey right. I mean, Mikey is is such an easy, not an easy character to, to write, but that Mikey's really the soul of that cartoon series that exists right now. Yes. The way that he's treated, the way that he kind of treats everybody else. He's kind of the heart and soul of it. So, so much of the, uh, the feeling, the emotion, the, 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 and this or not antithesis, I can't remember. I can't even think of what I'm what I'm talking about anymore, because um, it just looks so damn cool. Uh, is is through him, and it's through here as well. He's one of the first characters that you see. He's got great lines through it. Really, really, really well done. I mean, it's the analysis. You know, you want to get into deep analysis, like this is awesome. Yes, and that's it. You know, two thumbs up. You, you're if you if you're you know if you're that older audience grew up on the turtles. You know, for in the eighties. If you grew up on Batman the Animated Series, if you're fans of those franchises, you're going to love it. And this book is also friendly enough for kids. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things to do with it. Not that the other book isn't, right, it, but there is a yet. different kind yeah. of sensibility to it. You know, this is... One is a little more serious. Yeah, this would this be... This is a little more on the... Especially for the Turtles themselves, on the, 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 the animated hijink side, which is what they're pushing, but all the characters still feel like the archetypes for the turtles yeah it's shelved you know it's, it's easy to shelve into the kids section we'll put it that way yes um but it's it, easy to it's, be able to give do not to underestimate it, it. This, this yeah this well there's so many books like that i mean is, i have the i have the collected editions of the um the the comics that idw is putting out f- that are based on the nickelodeon turtles and again and i think this is the same writer um i didn't do my due diligence and told everybody who it was uh, Matthew K. Manning is the writer. John Samariva is the uh, is the artist. Sean Parsons is the inker. I believe Matthew K. Manning is writing that book, is writing the IDW book for just the turtles, based off of the Nickelodeon series, and it's they're great. I mean, they're they're great stories. Again, it's nothing that's going to change your life, but it's perfect for you know, like right now, we're looking for something else Fun. to escape it's, with. It's a do. great all ages title. Anybody yeah. can pick up that book and have a blast. Speaking of Gotham, we get into the next uh, DC's Young Animal book, which I actually did not realize was a Young Animal book until the day it came out. I'm like, oh, this is a Young Animal right, book. Right, right. Uh, Mother I Panic to, number I had to one. Flip back. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute. It's got Young Animal on the front. Mother Panic number one, Jody Hauser, the writer, Tommy Lee Edwards as the artist. We'll talk about that in a second. Is a uh, Young Animal book that takes place in Gotham City. Batman has a very small appearance in it, has a cameo in it. This is, if not directly taking place in continuity, it could take place in continuity. And we've seen that with Kate right. Carson as Carson meets the metal men at one point. Uh, and the ending is another character that's been in the DCU. So I don't know where exactly their connection is, if they're supposed to be a part of the current continuity right. or if they're not, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. They're presented. So matter of fact, 
Um, yeah. For me, the the real appeal of this book is Tommy Lee Edwards. His art is different than most anyone that's out there. Um, very heavy line work, a lot of blacks, a lot of shadows, a lot of uh, almost like a, you know scratching through with those, those type of lines, but done in a way that's just absolutely brilliant. Um, I love his stuff, and his his action sequences through here are really well done. His Gotham City looks great. The ad in the it's middle is Brian really Azzarello nice because yeah. Um, or maybe even Sean Murphy. Oh yeah, Sean it's, Murphy. It's definitely, he's got it. Sean Murphy and him are, are, are blood brothers in a way. Um, but it just looks cool. This this character, uh, Violet Page, that is this. Uh, I'm assuming I don't even know. I'm not sure what the title means. To tell you the truth, uh, you get some background pieces for it. You find out she's kind of a socialite. They go back and see her as a kid, as her her mother's health is declining and her time with her father. And then she puts on a white suit and beats up bad guys. Yeah, and everyone thinks she's part of the Bat family, but yeah. they are sorely mistaken. Yeah, you see Batman for half a second through there. Um, we've got okay. a very interesting art villain uh, who's using nefarious means to make her art. Uh, like an insane mad mod. Yeah, it's 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 not <laughs> it's not as confusing as a lot of the other Young Animal books to me. Uh, Doom Patrol and, and Shade that I kind of left myself going, huh? Um, I think more akin to something like Cave Carson, but there's a lot that's presented to you very quickly. I love the way they get the information to you. It's all done through the plot. You find out kind of who she is right. when she, you know, she lands in a private plane in Gotham and people are taking pictures of her, you know, when are you doing this? When are you, doing this? are you sleeping with this person? That sort of thing. So you kind of get her character. You get that background piece. Um, her character comes through these different bits that you see as as she's progressing and then we get into the, the the modern part of her being we don't know exactly what's going on in terms of like what's the end goal which i like is it's kind of unfolding in front of right. you and i really enjoyed it yeah it's got the great it's got really good detective aspects to it it's got a great noir feel to it uh the artwork definitely lends to that uh very gotham style and so it was much appreciated and i i really dug it especially because it's got the anti-hero qualities Again, the vigilantism being very reminiscent of Batman, but with a little bit more like a like a like an interesting bend with uh, the character's mother having like a, like a dementia or Alzheimer's. So there's a lot going on here, and it's all very intriguing because we still don't know exactly why yeah. she's doing what she does. Yeah, she she picks up somebody, thinking that you, you're kind of led to believe that she saves this person for one reason when it's a different reason than what he thinks that she's saving him right. for. And it's sort of like, yeah, I don't know. I don't really care. It's, you know, what you think I'm, you're, you're, you're telling me one thing is like, I don't care about that. I'm looking for something else. Right. right. So I, I thought there was a cool, you know, not a mini twist, but, um, and then again, we have the, uh, the who's who and the DCU things at the end there. Yeah, we got the the Gotham oh, Radio. I missed. I totally didn't even read that. Oh, you didn't read the Gotham Radio? Oh my goodness, Jim Kruger and Phil Hester. This looks fantastic. It was there. You go live. <laughs> Me completely missing the last two pages of the book. So we've three got, pages of the book. So we got this little tiny short in there called Gotham Radio. This looks awesome. I love Phil Hester. Yeah, I just reread his uh, his Green Arrow with. Um, with Kevin Smith, it was quite amazing. Oh my god! Okay. Yeah, it's got I have to the, read this. as soon as we're done recording. I have to read that. It's uh, got that little noir feel to it. You've got a radio jock talking to people all over Gotham when something mysterious happens. And again, it's another piece that uh, takes place at least within uh, the realm of the DC universe because Batman is featured, or at least there is a single panel, I believe, of Alfred uh, cleaning up some of the display yeah. cases. So it's like, okay, this is interesting. 
Uh, and it was a part one, so I yeah, it looks like that'll be very, a backup very happy to, to very see cool. that as a backup story. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the who's doing the Gotham City or uh, the DC type yeah, entries, the encyclopedia. So yeah, you're able to see. It gives you a little more information of what these characters do, and I was always appreciated. I... Yeah, actually, it looks like that will actually help in terms of finding out who Violet is as Mother Panic. We go from Violet to Violent. Violent Love, Frank J. Barbieri, Victor Santos. That's called a segue, Love. I don't know if you've noticed that. Um, <laughs> presents uh, Violet uh, Issue 1, The Ballad of Daisy Jane, a crime noir love romance craziness. And the first thing you notice, even if you just flip through it, is if this guy does not count, Victor Santos does not count uh, the late, great Darwin Cook as one of his heroes. He has some sort of weird cosmic synergy happening because... It is definitely, to me, it's an homage to his style. It's tweaked oh, yeah. in a little oh, yeah. way, but they're definitely, uh, he's pushing it. You know, he's trying to channel it to yeah, some they're degree. On the, they're on the same spectrum of art style here. Yeah. Now, it's a beautiful book. So we have, uh, essentially, we've got uh, a young girl going in, meeting up with a police detective. She sees the wanted poster. She sees the badge and the gun and decides to get in there and go, hey, what's the story about this? So we have our police detective ready to tell us a tale of love and intrigue and gang violence. Rock Bradley, Daisy Jane. Daisy Jane and I like Rock, Rock Bradley. Bradley. I think I'm going to change my name to Rock Bradley. This will be cool. I want to be cool, man. So yeah, it's a story that uh, the, the the young woman comes to her father, grandfather? I think it's grandfather. It grandfather's house. In, uh, in 1987, and then the story is a flashback story from a number of years earlier. Um in the it's, 1960s, yeah, 1960s. It's gorgeous. In a way, you kind of get what the ending's going to be from the start. Yeah, they're, they're, um, not, they're not shy about it. Yeah, but it's definitely 1969. California, 1969. But uh, it, it's the telling of the story, how you kind of get to that point. I mean, this is a... Uh, it's got that criminal feel, uh, Baker and Sean Phillips type of book in, in a way, in a good way. Uh, and, you know, again, that kind of Blood Brothers, the, 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 the cousin kin to it. Um, yeah. Really pretty really pretty book and i actually liked it more than i thought i would it's an intriguing story i like a good i like good crime fiction yeah i'm definitely going to be checking it out especially and the because... character is very interesting yes. it's set up well it's plotted it's, it's paced well to me too you know in the way that you hear and there's some bits of really terrible violence in it. yes <laughs> it is a crime fiction book. yeah it is there, uh, is, there definitely... is fictional crime in i do it. love the butcher shop is called the meeting corner yes m-e-a-t-i-n-g that is fantastic i love that uh, it's little pieces like that that really, that really uh, push a book over the edge for me. So yes, I liked this book a lot. If, if anything, just for the art, but the story in it is fantastic as well. Frank Barbieri did uh, Five Ghosts before, which was a pretty good book. Um, yeah, I I, th- I I like this. I can't wait to see what's next. That the last page is crazy. Um, yeah, so those are the books we wanted to talk about this week. Uh, I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to say. Um, no, I think that uh, those books, that, they're all really solid, all incredibly Yeah, it's, in a, it's a book, it's a couple of weeks, it's weird, we get a couple of weeks where there's a lot of number ones, and we kind of, there's ones we like, there's ones that we're kind of on the fence about, and then we get a week like this where we really enjoyed all the books that were out there, um, and stuff we were looking forward to. I was looking forward to Mother Panic, I was looking forward to uh, Batman Turtles, and, and because of my love for Avengers Year One, I was looking forward to Avengers number uh, Avengers 1.1. And really enjoyed that book as well. So that's it. Uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it for us. 
you know, uh, we want to tell everybody, stay safe out there. Don't let your fear take over. We all still love you. You all still love us. No one's listening to us. It doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, Shauna's listening to us because she's right here. That's it. She has to. She's held hostage. Not really. Just don't <laughs> wait for that. Get that email like, the FBI is coming to your house. Oh, God. <laughs> Shot of being you gotta, get the, you gotta get the, you gotta do like Moses Lex, like oh god, they're coming! Oh, get them out of here! Get them out of here! And they have, uh, you gotta get them back to Sea World. Yeah, old Shamu, they've got their current Ooh. old Shamu and a kitty. Who knew a whale would be so heavy? It's one, Jesus, it's the feds. That's one of my favorites. Across the field, yeah, they, carrying yeah, they an cut, orca. They, yeah, they cut back. Like the, the first joke is right at the beginning. It's like, so are you guys yeah. from the feds? <laughs> no, it's because it's like Agents Mulder and Scully. FBI, oh, the FBI. Ah, oh, jeez, he just busts open the back door. There's an orca and four guys like putting, putting him down water. with it. Yeah, there's like a hoses on him. And then uh, guys, you gotta get him back to Sea World. Halfway through the episode, it's the middle. Is there, of the yeah, night. they're out in the, they're out in the field because it's the Burns when Burns is the alien. And so they're out in the field and they're walking across the field carrying this thing. And then you see Mulder and Scully in the foreground. And you see this in the background. And they turn and look. And it's like, who knew a whale would be so heavy? Ah, Jesus, it's the feds. Roar! And then they just keep going. And it's never picked up again. I love the, like, small criminal activity that Mo gets involved in in so many different places. Uh, we brought it back uh, to The Simpsons, who predicted a Donald Trump presidency. The Simpsons did it every time. Every time. There was something else the other week where we were just like, Simpsons did it. We were, we've already talked about this. The Simpsons did it. Yes, the, the Lisa Trump, uh, Lisa Trump. Jeez, Lisa as president mentions President Trump. Yeah, she takes over. She takes over. Yeah, the dead, yeah. It's, 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 it's like, there's a lot of there's a lot of like lot that of coming out, going like this was a joke. People like what we met this as a joke. What are you doing? It's not a documentary. Yeah, there was like a comic for that too, where it was like some crazy sociopathics over as president of the United States, and someone tweeted a, uh, the creator tweeted a page of it's like we wrote this ten years ago. We were kidding. Like, calm down, guys. What are you doing? You see that and you go, what? Uh, craziness. So yeah, just go home and watch The Simpsons. 30 seasons. Yeah. Yep, they're going to be the longest, uh, longest primetime. The longest, lo- wrong. It, it's weird because it said it's the longest running scripted television series. And, like, that can't be true because there's got to be so many soap operas. Well, yeah, that, I think that's why they, I think that's so, why yeah, they, like they, they, they annotate it with uh, primetime. Yeah. It, it's going to beat Gunsmoke, which was previously the longest scripted you don't it, television it's weird because we're talking about that on on the entertainment report from kevin and bean and, and they're like yeah gunsmoke ran from like 1955 to 1975 or and i'm like holy crap that's like you don't think about that's a long time it's a long time <laughs> yeah. you think now like yeah because some for, of those for, soap for, operas are like into like 40 50 seasons oh yeah and it's a new episode every week so yeah. you're doing you're doing hundreds of episodes uh, 250 episodes a, a year you yeah. know five days a week 52 weeks a year um so yeah those are just like you, you can't really touch those um yeah for prime in terms time, of yeah in terms of the scripted you know tv series that's made like this yes yeah, it's amazing that's a, that's it's incredible a feat. i congratulate them Holy right i think about it i'm just like that's right it started when i was in middle school and that was i mean that was back like middle school was in a cave and we just had tablets that we it's were a thinking. generational show yeah which uh, is fascinating which is that's one of those things generational television and shows. still like six to seven million viewers a week yeah like, who's watches? i don't know anyone watches it anymore which is a shame like it's funny because one seen, of the yeah, highest rated shows on sunday i've seen people that that kind of go in and out 
you yeah. know, that'll go in and they're like, hey, we went back to it. And it was really good. And for me, I do like I'm a cord cutter, so I do Hulu. I'll watch yeah. the season on Hulu. I'll leave it streaming when I'm doing something. And it's like, hey, I know something. Mikey got, went back into it, I think, last season to see a couple episodes. And he thought they were a lot better than the one yeah. when he oh, yeah, I agree with that. when he had walked. I mean, I'm still nothing's going to beat that first like 12, 13 seasons. Yeah. My God, I mean, just the, the pinnacle of television, of scripted comedy television for me right there. So anyway, yeah, we said we were going to wrap this up. So go find a comedy. Go enjoy it. Go have some fun. Eat have some ice fun. cream. Eat some ice cream. Oh, ice cream sounds good. I've had ice cream forever. And uh, for my partner, Sebastian, this is Chris. And we'll talk to you next week.